G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Are you living the great Australian dream? Is it all that it's cracked up to be? Uh, Does Christian faith conflict with the great Australian dream? Uh, Can you have both? And are there some dangers that you can see in our Australian lifestyle? Well, to get the ball rolling, to start talking uh, through this issue, great to be able to welcome Al Stewart. Now, Al's a regular speaker at the City Bible Forum in Sydney and uh, was an Anglican minister for 20 years and loves to talk about this topic. Hello, Al. Welcome to 2020. Hey, Neil. Great to be with you, mate. Al, City Bible Forum, there in the, I guess, in the CBD there in Sydney, you guys run regular forums that people can take advantage of opportunity to think through some issues a little more deeply than you might ordinarily do. Uh, When it comes to the Great Australian Dream, this has been one of your recent uh, focuses. Uh, Yes. Actually, I should say, Neil, we're in every mainland state capital. So the City Bible Forum in, uh, in Brisbane, Melbourne, Adelaide, Perth, uh, and Sydney. Uh, so, yeah, we're doing that kind of thing, trying to get people to just stop in the busyness of life and think about the big questions. The last four weeks, we've been looking at this idea of the Australian dream. Uh, I think what's, what's got us to look at that is study after study keeps telling us we're the richest country or close to the richest country on the planet, and yet uh, the media keeps telling us now there's not enough money to go around. It's like trying to keep warm with a bunny rug. Someone is going to be cold somewhere, and how can we get richer and richer and it's never enough? So we thought we'd kind of have a look at different parts of the Australian dream and uh, see what wisdom the Bible would have for us on that. So we are a more wealthy country and by global standards we are in fact the richest and uh, that might be some are richer than others and uh, some still feel the pinch Mm. but we are more wealthy but what it's done has left us more spiritually empty. That's one of the concerns, isn't it? I think so, yeah. There's a... A study by Credit Suisse, the financial institution last year, said in terms of assets, median assets, and median being uh, 50% above a line, 50% below a line, we're the richest country in the world. In terms of average assets per Australian, we're second richest. And yet that that wealth seems to have kind of mesmerised us, seduced us, and kind of left us spiritually empty. I, I think that's what it is. I think you see it with a younger generation who are kind of looking for just looking for more um and so yeah i think we get richer and richer and yet uh, it's never enough and people feel there's something there's something missing that might have been a dream al back in the 50s and 60s of having the house on the quarter acre block and the mm. new car on the driveway uh, but in those days perhaps the size of the mortgage might not have been as big as it is today too uh, those sorts of financial <laughs> changes uh, do alter the way that people think about that dream don't they uh yes yes now here's an irony the houses that we build now on average are the largest in the world so the Comsec report from two or three years ago said if you take our our homes and our flats and the units that we build, we're the largest in the world. Uh, at the same time, we've 
double at, at the same time over those say the last 30 years the average size of the household number of people has declined significantly so we're building the biggest homes our families are numbers or our family unit size is declining and what's happened over the last 30 years is we have doubled the relative price of our houses so uh, there's a McCrindle report that says um now, I'm working on Sydney figures, so if you're outside Sydney, please forgive me, but uh, Sydney figures. In the 1970s, it took five times yearly average earnings to buy a home. So 1970s, five times average earnings. By 1993, it had gone up to six times average earnings. But 2013, it was 10 times average earnings. Uh, what's happened? We've now moved to the point where you need two incomes to buy a home. And uh, mums, wives, partners have had to go out and and work. You now have to have two incomes. Um, I'm not having a go at women who work. I'm just saying we've, if you like, we've put that extra extra pressure into our society where we're all working. We've got bigger homes, it's just no one's in them because we're all out at work. So I guess the great Australian dream back in the 50s and 60s might have been that you could have the home on the quarter acre block with the new car on the driveway and you could have one breadwinner paying the low mortgage and having time with family to live what would be perceived to be a happy life. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. I think that that would be the Aussie dream and that would be pretty good. Uh, I <laughs> What I think we've done to ourselves is that we've, We've had a higher and higher expectations. We've cranked things up and we, as a nation, we've put ourselves under more and more financial pressure. Um, I know here in Sydney, I think there's a lot of people I know who are under real financial pressure with, with big mortgages. Uh, you, you know, you just got to know the, the pressure or the reaction to the budget. I'm not saying what I think politically, but you can see I can't remember as much reaction on one side or another as the, the, the latest federal budget people feeling financial pressure. And, of course, with the financial pressure, if we were saying the ideal from the 60s, uh, 1950s, 60s, uh, when you were under pressure, perhaps in those days, you had to get the second job to make ends meet. Mm -hmm. Uh, As you say, things have evolved to the point where it has to be two, say, two a a couple, two parents, uh, perhaps with their children in childcare, out working. And the overwork has its burden then that comes on uh, on health and and family issues yes the research that i've done it's it's um depends a little bit on what point people want to make you can make statistics say anything as i say you know i think it's is it 90 percent of statistics are wrongly used something like that uh the actual over the last 30 years the average hours worked by australians haven't changed that much but what's tended to happen is we've moved to more part-time work, I think around about 30% of people now in part-time work, but we also have a large group of people, around 19%, uh, who, no wait, it's 16, 16 to 19%, who are working very long hours, working 50 or more hours a week. So it's kind of the average hasn't changed, but we've moved to more part-time work, but also more people working long hours. The uh, University of South Australia, their Centre for Work and Life, put out some interesting research, which pretty much shows that a lot of the pressure is on uh, women uh, who are trying to work full-time, run households, be mum, do housework, uh, hold the family together. And in this whole area of work pressure, 
uh, particularly it's women who are who are carrying the brunt of it. Al, when we talk about the great Australian dream and breaking it down to the fact that uh, there's some challenges, obviously, that most or every person faces, when you come as a Christian believer, as someone who can come to the Bible and say there are some principles here, a biblical understanding of life, how does that affect or how do we compare uh, what we have held as an idealised way of life compared to what the Bible might teach about having a right mm. perspective when it comes to things like a work-life balance? Yes. It shouldn't surprise me, but I continue to be like surprised at just how accurate the Bible is in explaining and defining our problems. I think overall, and if you like we can take issues one at a time, but overall the problem is this. We take the good things that God gives us, and God has given so many good things to this country, uh, which I love, by the way. Uh, So many good things to Australia. But what we do is we take the good things and we cross out an O and we make them into God things. And we we forget the Creator and we start making these things that He's given us the ultimate in our life. So jobs, money, houses, uh, leisure, you name it. And then these things won't hold the weight that we put on them. And that, and that's where that emptiness comes from. That's where the fact that we keep looking for more and more and more. It's making good things into God things or ultimate things. That's the heart of the problem. Some would say it would be making those good things into idols or replacements for God. Is that, that a way be, to look at things yeah, like that? that? That would be the Bible's word for it. Exactly. Okay. We... Uh, so, yep, idolatry, I suppose. I just people who um, uh, people who aren't used to the Bible will think idolatry equals just a statue, but the Bible has a much bigger view of that. It's whatever you will put in the place of God. Vision Christian Radio is all about connecting faith to life. From inspiring stories about the struggles we all face, to helping you understand the issues going on in the world, to clear and understandable Bible teaching, all peppered with great Christian music, the latest news, and even a few laughs along the way. Tune into a Vision Christian Radio FM or AM station near you. Listen online at visionradio.org.au or download our free app. At least we can all identify with what was known as the Great Australian Dream. Is it all that it's purported to be? And does a biblical understanding of life conflict with the Great Australian Dream? Can you have both? Let's take a call. Uh, We've got Grant, where are you from? G'day, Neil. How are you this morning? I'm very well, thanks, Grant. Where are you ringing us from? I'm actually travelling between the Gold Coast and Brisbane, listening to the... um segment that you have and that's something that really hits home for me being a family man and um, having two kids one in tertiary education and one in high school into his last year, a wife that um, is working at the moment and talking about the greatest friends, uh, dream and still as a, a man who's a, who comes from a Christian home, there is still that really strong view even in um, Christian circles as well as the secular circles that the real dream is, of course, of everybody is to have your own home. I, I don't think that has changed. And I think from a Christian perspective, we're, we're told to hold on to the things of this world lightly. Um, for us as a family, um, I, think, I think the pressures that have come upon that and the implications to our family has been quite huge, where I know you've been talking about 
the annual income to actually pay off a loan. It's gone from five to now ten times. And I see some of the young um, couples that it, uh, we have associated with, their dream is still to have that Australian home. But the implications to them, of course, is um, the costs that are associated with that. Um, I think I think that there's still that strong desire, um, but from a Christian perspective, we hold on to things of this world lightly, and and, that, and that's the attitude we have as a family. Whatever we have has been God given. Let's hear from Al Stewart. Al, uh, holding on to things lightly, uh, I guess it's still not one of those things that you would say is is a wrong thing for Christians to be homeowners. Uh, but holding them lightly is probably a, a good bit of wisdom. I couldn't agree more. And that is, there's absolutely nothing wrong with owning a house. Uh, the problem is when the house owns us um, or, uh, or when the car owns us. And so what he says about God calling us to sit lightly to uh, our possessions, to the things we own, absolutely. So uh, to be wise, to invest, to, uh, to own a home, uh, they're good things, they're just not the ultimate things. Let me ask. Let me ask Grant, who's still on the phone. Uh, Grant, when it comes to uh, holding things lightly, it's a fine line, isn't it, as to whether you hold things lightly or whether you've actually uh, got those in a right perspective when it comes to God. It is. It is because at the end of the day, our priority should always be God in all things. Um, I think there's one other comment I'd like to leave with Al. So it's years ago when when my wife and I bought a home, we bought a little home. You know, we looked at our budget, we said, well, okay, it's not the dream home that we want, but we'll work on it. Um, It's a roof over our heads. We're so thankful that God's given us the resources to afford a home. But what I notice these days is that people want everything in the home, even young couples. They're going, well, part of the Australian dream is, yes, I want the home, but I want the surround system, I want the new furniture. And I think that's a trap that I see a lot of young couples fall into. And as um, Alice just said, the, uh, the home owns them. So rather than you enjoy the home, you work for the home. And I, and I think that's a danger that um, some people fall into. There's nothing wrong with having homes, but it's the point that we go to after pushing ourselves beyond the limits and pushing the the family uh, values and time um, that can be affected because we've committed ourselves so heavily. That's great, Grant. And uh, Al, if I was asking you about uh, homes, uh, those sorts of things that are being shared there really are more about every possession we might own. Yeah, that's right. I think I think what Grant's saying is that the kind of the each generation expects to start where the previous generation already is. So. <laughs> Why is it that we're three times wealthier than the 1950s and there's not enough money? Answer is, yesterday's luxuries become today's necessities, become invisible tomorrow. Uh, I grew up in a home in a country town where there were two dishwashers in the house. That was me and my brother. And Dad said, do the dishes, and we did them. Uh, No one had a dishwasher. Now, pretty much everyone has a dishwasher, and they're invisible. We start with a dishwasher... What's the next luxury? I want to thank uh, Grant for your input today. Thanks for being with us uh, on 2020, Grant. Let's take another call from Ray, who is in Norfolk in Tasmania. Hello, Ray. Welcome to 2020. Uh, hi, Neil. Ray, what's your comment? Uh, I'm from New Norfolk in southern Tasmania. Uh, yes, I, I, it's about being content. That's the most important thing. 
with whatever you have, I think the Apostle Paul put it in one of his letters, that about being content with whatever he had. And I think that's what's important. Your thoughts, Al, on contentment? Yeah, I, I think that, that it's interesting how the Bible talks not so much about happiness, but exactly, as Ray said, contentment. And I uh, was just thinking today, how, what's the definition of contentment? I think it is, can you enjoy the moment now, what you have and who you're with, rather than always wanting more or something different? I think that's exactly right. Can we learn contentment? Talking through a fabulous topic today, and that is the topic all about the Great Australian Dream. Our special guest is Al Stewart, a regular speaker at the City Bible Forum in Sydney. Of course, City Bible Forum in all of the nation's capitals, and we'll talk some more about that shortly. Al, when it comes to the Great Australian Dream, uh, there is a parallel here that we can get from the Scriptures. We call ourselves the lucky country or uh, the land of the long weekend, the level playing field, the land of plenty, made famous in a very famous song back in the 1980s. But there are some comparisons we can make here to a, a biblical illustration. Of course, that was the children of Israel who went into the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So there is a sense in which we could compare ourselves with that illustration, isn't there? Yeah, I I think there's some people who who feel like, well, sometimes I do feel like Australia is a promised land, a beautiful place to live. We were like, like the promised land in another way as well. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, just before Israel's about to go into the land, Moses warns them that the promised land could be a dangerous place. And the very thing that will be dangerous is their prosperity. Uh, the danger is, uh, Moses says, and when you're, when you're in the promised land and your flocks and herds increase and you live in beautiful houses and uh, you, you, know, you become wealthy, the great danger is that you'll forget God. And uh, here's his exact words. He says, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. So we'll think we're self-made men and women, we'll become wealthy and we'll forget God. Let me come back to that word dangerous because sometimes when we think of oh well we've you know we're we're a wealthy country we don't think of that as a danger we think of that as a strength. Uh, yes, in the in the Bible, wealth prosperity is not not wrong, but it's it's dangerous or seductive because the great seduction is to forget God who provides for us and to put our trust day by day in the fact that we have money, wealth, power. Um, interesting, Jesus taught more about money than almost anything else. Uh, he's saying that's, <laughs> that's the great seductive thing. So not wrong, but dangerous and seductive. And I, I do think that this country that I love, we're, we're being seduced by, by our wealth. Vision Christian Radio is all about connecting faith to life. From inspiring stories about the struggles we all face, to helping you understand the issues going on in the world, to clear and understandable Bible teaching, all peppered with great Christian music, the latest news, and even a few laughs along the way. Tune into a Vision Christian Radio FM or AM station near you. Listen online at visionradio.org.au or download our free app. Let me just talk to you quickly about our relationship with ownership and perhaps even our relationship with the land that mm-hmm. our indigenous brothers and sisters perhaps understand more than we do. But there is something certainly that connects us uh, to the land when we have some level of ownership of it. There is something about uh, owning or owning a home or, or belonging 
It, it, the house is more than just um, uh, a financial investment. It's, it's where we belong. It's the idea of saying, yeah, this is home. Uh, especially, uh, we sold our family home a couple of years ago um, for one reason or another, and I was surprised how emotional two of our kids were, even though they'd left home. It was this, this was where they belonged. Now, there's a statistic that I found out oh, last week that I was really surprised about. We are, on many, on many different measures, the richest country in the world. And yet, when it comes to the percentage of Australians that own their own home or are buying their own home, we're way down the list. We rank 32nd in the world. And that is, we're around the 70% mark. Whereas, you know, Romania, 96%, Lithuania, 91%, Singapore, 90%. And that stat of 30% of Australians not owning their own home and, and basically never will, that stat has been pretty constant for the last 40 years. And there's a challenge there too, isn't there, that many Australians might never own their own home unless something happens, like receiving an inheritance. Uh, true especially here in Sydney where I live, if you, if for younger ones, and it's getting harder for younger people to buy their homes. So home ownership stayed fairly constant as a percentage, but it's older people, like me, older people who, who are owning or buying their own homes, younger ones, it's harder to get into the market. As I was saying earlier on, relatively, we've doubled house prices. Um, yeah, and it's an inheritance. It's interesting too that the Bible would say, God says, there's nothing wrong with owning a home. Um, the Bible talks a lot about how, how good inheritances are. Um, the Bible talks about, about heaven, about belonging, about um, eternity as an inheritance. And I guess when we talk about inheritance, if you were privileged enough to receive an inheritance, and maybe it's the home we've been talking about, that great Australian dream, there's still a challenge there not to lose sight of the way that we put those things into context in a biblical sense. Uh, yeah, exactly. And so the point is to be, to be thankful, uh, to value it, but not make the home the ultimate. So I guess what the, uh, what the Bible would say uh, to the 70% who do own their own homes or even to the 30% who don't would say the same thing, and that is it's good to have somewhere you want to belong. It's, it's, we're wired up to want a place we call home, but the long term, the real home, is the new creation. For those who will trust Jesus, the promise of the inheritance, uh, Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. That's where those who belong to Jesus should look. That's where you find real security. Al, let's come back to just perhaps even recapping the important things that you've been saying. Uh, we all want to live a full and happy life. Uh, for those of us, all Aussies, we want the great Australian dream. As a Christian believer and appreciating the wisdom of God, uh, how do we just uh, uh, bring that wisdom of God to bear on our circumstances so we're not outside of God's will for our lives? Uh, okay, I think what the Bible would call us to do is we, as we live in the lucky country, although actually I'd prefer to call it the blessed country, one is to enjoy the good things that God gives us. And we, we really should, and be thankful for that. Uh, rather than take them for granted. And then to realize that the good things that God gives us aren't ultimate, it's not the ultimate meaning of life, is actually knowing and serving him through the Lord Jesus is the ultimate thing. And once we do that, we can sit a little lightly uh, to our possessions and we're able to be generous and actually look to the future.
long-term security. When we look for value, uh, oftentimes we're putting dollar value on our possessions, on our house, on our land, on our car, on the driveway. Uh, When we think of value by way of what we receive with salvation from God, how do you sort of try to quantify what that value is? (laughs) I'm not not sure exactly how to answer that. (laughs) There is a difficulty that we tend to think of as as a government in media, everything gets reduced to dollar values. Uh, and then, you know, you can't, it's... Uh, I guess I'm talking about eternal values, things yes, that have the, an eternal value. That's right. And then, of course, uh, Jesus says he's come to make us rich beyond calculation, to be, to be rich with God, uh, as he says in Luke chapter 12. Actually, to know God and to look forward to that inheritance. Uh, now, that means that real wealth is found in eternity, and so we're able to be generous with the wealth we have now. And to stand to sit a little more lightly to it. Well, Al Stewart has been our guest this past hour. We've been talking through issues to do with the Great Australian Dream. It was one of the series that they ran in the Sydney City Bible Forum just recently, and you can check out their website. Just Google City Bible Forum, click on the nearest city near you, and find out what uh, new uh, programs that they've got running and new focuses they've got on bringing those deeper, meaningful answers to the questions that people are asking today. Al is a regular speaker at the City Bible Forum in Sydney. He's also a director of the Geneva Push. We've spoken about the Geneva Push here on 2020 before. That's a national church planting movement. And uh, I really appreciate your input today talking about the Great Australian Dream. Thanks for being with us, Al Stewart. My pleasure, Neil. Thank you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.